0: Welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. I am so excited to share that this episode is brought to you by our friends at Motto. Motto is the new no-nonsense hookup app for gay and queer people. Hookup apps have become a staple in queer culture, but they also come with bullshit. Headless, torsos, blank profiles, catfishing, endless scrolling of the grid for hours. We've all been there. But on Motto... Every profile is verified by a real human, and every photo has a face. Motto sends you daily matches of people who match your interests and in kinks. There are no fees, no ads, and no nonsense. Get Motto today by going to tinyurl.com slash or visit the link in my link tree. Motto, getting queer hookups without the nonsense. And as always, follow me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk on Twitter or X, whatever you call it, at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for its news, reviews, and interviews. Mabuhay. In the grand tradition of making the girls do the most, the second season of Drag Race Philippines gave us a split premiere as they had the girls' attempt to make a girl group track that popped off. Did the first six girls succeed? It's time to talk all things Drag Race Philippines too. And with me to discuss it all is the Bush OG Fag. Hello.
1: Yes, hello, hello. Back again. Another franchise, another country. Yes. Keeping it rolling. New
0: language for you.
1: Yes, it's true. I was talking to someone over the weekend, just about all of the franchises that are running right now. And, you know, we got Brazil at the end of this month, too, coming out. And I was just like, I feel I'm going to have to, or just naturally, I'm going to pick up some of these by just osmosis and exposure. I feel like I'm watching more television and content now in other languages versus how much I consume and watch
0: in English. So I'm like, maybe, maybe. might work for you for me it doesn't quite work uh so this was clearly the weekend of weddings Uh, i went to a wedding this weekend um it was for my brother's childhood good friend um his so it's family friend um i didn't know that, that this kid had been dating this his now wife uh for nine years and throughout that nine years no one told me that his wife her mother was my Spanish teacher in middle school and high school, oh so that was gosh. a great surprise seeing her at the wedding. Um, and then the best part was she remembered me and she's like, "Oh my god, you were such a great student." And I was like, "Beat you, brother! I'm better than you are." Um, <laughs> but I was like, "Yeah, I um, have been trying to remember Spanish from high school uh, by watching Drag Race Mexico and Drag Race España, and I was like, it's not working. I don't recall anything."
1: Yeah, that is my. But I was a good
0: student, apparently.
1: Yeah, and I mean, hey, that's what counts, right? I'm having a similar experience with Drag Race France where I'm like, I can pick up some words here and there because I took French throughout a bunch of middle school and a lot of high school. So I'm like, I should have some retention here,
0: but it's just, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Drag News of the Week, and you already kind of mentioned it, but Drag Race Brazil has dropped its cast, a cast of 12. Um, I have not watched to the meet the queens i've really only peered at the photos uh did you get a look at the girls
1: yes similarly i like we're talking Uh, about there are so many active franchises airing right now that it feels a little bit hard to like oh wait let me find more time to dedicate to just looking at the new girls and all of that so really most of what I've seen is just the promo since now it's running during the other series that are airing right now as well right so I feel like I just keep seeing that same one over and over again but I mean, it looks like a really nice group. The intro video that they did in that little preview teaser thing. Um, I love the lights and the colors and the energy of it. So- You
0: mean the same jungle that Drag Race Mexico did, did their promo in? <laughs> yeah, I'm like maybe I just love a jungle. Maybe I'm just really- appreciative I, I of a swear jungle to God, if, if Drag Race Germany does <laughs> use the same set, I'm out. I'm, <laughs> because there's no correlation to those jungles in Germany. I can't get the behind German that The German jungle. We'll <laughs> The German jungle. Um, meanwhile, my brother's going to Germany in October for Oktoberfest. And he's like, ah, thanks for the invite, fucker. But whatever, it's fine. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> We're not holding a right. Grudge right. at all.
0: To. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, pronunciations, I apologize. I will get better and try as hard as I can. But phonetically, our languages do clash. Romance language, this is not. Uh, but there are some words that um we pick up because we do have uh tagalog and there is a little Spanish because you know um the history of the world and um what Spain did to the Philippines but that's a whole different conversation
1: <laughs> that's not necessarily that's, for drag we're right. not innocent here
0: we are not innocent as well the u.s was not kind to the Philippines either but as always I must leave a disclaimer this is an entertainment podcast we are discussing reality show characters as presented as rest of reality in production we are shown at the other Thing the television show wants to see. We react to what is presented. Yes, these real people get an opportunity to go on television to see other crap, but they've also put themselves in to be discussed. But it's still on this podcast We're entertainment to discuss reality television show characters. Um, all right. Six Queens in, very much like season six of Drag Race. Yes. Are you a fan of the split premiere?
1: I have, of course, been thinking about that. And it's really complex because, on the one hand, I, cou- I do enjoy them because it's like, great, less people to maybe try and remember. You can get a sense for each girl a little bit more right off the jump. But I think it's always so hard, especially when they do end up like seemingly, I guess, and you know, more iterations recently of like sending that person home in the first six because it's just like it's such a short time they don't get to compete against the entire rest of the cast so it's a little bit of that of like suddenly to be thrown into a position of being one of a few instead of getting the full all like whole set of the cast to be able to compete against maybe you wouldn't have gone home that week if you were just your batch was a little bit mixed up i feel like that was something i was thinking about as i was watching the episode this week just like. How do they decide which cluster is going to be competing against each other? Is it random? Is right. there a science to it? So that comes to mind, too. It's just who you get bashed with shake, and how it shakes out.
0: Absolutely. And I am very much in the world of give me more time with the Queens. I'm here for it. Don't eliminate like this. I don't want an elimination. I'll Give me a double elimination later on in the season. That's fine with me. But I, I want to get to know the queens and let them have their moment, especially when we're talking about this challenge, knowing what they're trying to make them do. You're putting way too much pressure this early on. Yes, but I completely I agree with go that. This.
1: Yeah, it felt like so much pressure to perform to this level. And it's just, it feels almost not fair.
0: Yeah. All right, season two is here, and the first queen to walk in is, please welcome to the stage, Budget. Yes, (laughs) friends, the workroom had a glow up, and it is fabulous and big because now we don't have to deal with those terrible camera angles. But don't you worry, there are still some other production gaps that will happen, but we will get to it, if I can hear it.
1: Yeah, literally the number one. I was watching season one not too long ago, and you can't hear a fucking thing yeah you really can't it was like to the point where i was almost thinking there was an issue with my laptop and the speakers had somehow blown out or gotten messed up and then i was pausing it and going to play other things and i was like oh no just the quality of the audio
0: for whatever reason is horrendous okay it's not it's really funny because amanda masker and i had discussed this on the podcast many a time about last season being too loud the can't the set being too small whatever whatever and then she Music. She's like, oh my god they listened to us and it's like i still and now i can't hear it she's like stop complaining at least they did something <laughs> I like, no I, it's awkward hearing these like conversations with like barely any underscoring yeah exactly okay let's talk about the meat of the season now this is the real bottoms up it's arizona brandy she is 25 years old and is the boozer queen of makati city but she will be representing Cobau she is so engulfed in brandy she thinks she's the only contestant there good for her she tells us that she joined drag race philippines because she wants free booze at least she's honest and on brand
1: yeah i mean more than anything else i think out of this group we've we get to see the branding is so strong it's so consistent throughout there's a clear you know aesthetic all of that very strong right from the jump
0: and I had feeling during the preview podcast, but it's confirmed on this episode. This is an Arizona Brandy Stan account. Oh my fucking God, is she amazing? I'm obsessed with her.
1: Yeah. This I, look. I want to
0: <laughs> go, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I want to definitely get more of a sense. I'm, you know, obviously we'll talk about the whole episode and get into it more. I think I have some hesitations I'm like oh, all right yeah like really strong foundation of course very talented but like let's see maybe where she goes I think her personality is striking me as very interesting mm-hmm. and a little bit complex so we'll see
0: she very much reminds me of an unhinged precious Paul and Nicole and we all know how much I adore that queen
1: <laughs> yes <laughs>
0: All right, this look is by Jufel Gomez. I like this monochromatic moment. I think the wet hair effect is dying, but she's pulling it off. She is campy, and we know that I will stand a good campy queen. The IV drip of Brandy was hilarious. Such good branding. I think she's got a great mug. She's ability to to give us camp and serve fashion, and that's a good combo because not everyone can pull that off.
1: That's very true. I think for me, I wish that maybe the outfit was in a different color. I think that was the biggest piece that was a struggle with her entrance for me. Something about just being in that sort of tan beige, all of that. Like, I think it was maybe not coming as across as strong in terms of just the outfit overall for me. I agree with all of what you were saying around like having the prop and all of that, like that was so fun, so great on brand. But I think something about the color traits of the outfit was making me just not absolutely in love with it. I guess I would say.
0: Now I got to ask you if you had to enter the workroom and wanted to do a prop branding, does that mean you have to dress up as a cigarette? (laughs)
1: i mean yes definitely like my friends know that one of my favorite like cigarette references is always the newports i like always gravitate towards that in terms of a specific brand um last year for my birthday i actually had a cake that looked like a pack of newport cigarettes so yeah i think i would have to really lean into that and like do something newporty and for sure
0: arizona i'm gonna give you a two I will give it a light toot. audience 76% toot, 24% boot. Are you ready? Matilda. She is the multimedia drag superstar of vegan city. She says she is a diva, but not a cruel girl. She says on stage, she feels like she's in a world tour concert. She tells us that her biggest achievement is when she was featured on a billboard during pride month for Kubo you know the you know the sponsor of the show so no conflict of interest here so many sponsor drops in this episode already i'm just like we get it they're the sponsor (laughs) all right the look is by Pian Pasquale, hair by wigs by la queen uh that means it was from eva nails by premium press on nails lashes by jade snow it's neutral trend alert. I love that she's serving sexy and beauty in this pale pink Sure, It's an elevated leotard, but she is slaying it and making it look great. The hair is remarkable. That is drag, Henny. Everything about this feels right. This is a great way to enter the workroom.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree I, with what you were just saying. That was one of my first thoughts was just... This is drag, like she is doing drag. The size of the hair, the volume, you know, was it the most elaborate outfit? No, but definitely just looked really very nice, very pretty. Loved the, you know, like train moment and all of that. Um, The volume of it, it was very, very solid for me. I really enjoyed it. I'll give it a toot. Definitely a
0: toot. Audience obsessed, 100% toot. Yeah. Matilda will turn and see an intruder in the workroom. It's Arizona. And now we will begin the official start of me staring at standing Arizona Brandy as she t- tells us that Matilda is giving Lufa Girl. They're going to hug it out. And Arizona tells Matilda her outfit is fire, but we really know what she thinks about it. Um, have you ever dressed as a Lufa? I feel like uh, you have.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I probably have. I was wearing something this weekend that was a little bit, not like loofah loofah, but definitely had some feathers happening and some volume in that way. And so I, you know, I do think that on occasion I'm attracted to a little bit of a
0: loofah moment. Now Matilda will notice that she believes is a gluta drip, but Arizona has to correct her as it's a brandy drip. Come on, fierce. (laughs) Arizona thinks that Matilda is reserved or she's just shy with her or might be scared that she will smash her head in with the bottle. She's just kidding. But damn, Arizona went there.
1: Yeah, she really did. And I think, I mean, we're already getting it from this first little section here. But one of the funniest things that I find about the cast in general uh, is that they will say like the shadiest, meanest things and then just be like, just kidding. And it's just like, it's it's so so, good. It's it's so so good. good. It is so funny to me.
0: Of course, we are continuing the grand tradition of my favorite element of the Philippines, the bar chow, as Arizona has some in her cleavage. She is hungry. Um, listen, this is a long filming process. You might as well stay fed. Yeah. and I Especially mean, the- for the first girl in.
1: Yeah. And they really invite it too. I feel like you were saying, I mean, it's such a pivotal piece of like even the whole first series and just yeah. my strongest affiliation with it too is always Eva Laqueen because I just felt like she did that very strong branding of being like the party girl, yeah. always the bar chow. <laughs> always yeah. I, Cause Laqueen. when
0: I uh, interviewed Precious in London, she, she said it's very much part of their culture. Like when you are drinking, there has to be food around.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I just feel like that's a little bit different for us here. I don't think that that's really... Um,
0: Yeah, we don't go to gay bars and um, have, you know, nuts on the table anymore because we're looking for other nuts.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Can't get distracted or confused Mm -hmm. for some people. Not always the brightest bulbs.
0: Correct. Chubby, uh, she is tiny deluxe and she is the diva of season two. Now, I can tell that she has studied drag race and is trying way too hard in confessional. She also kind of reminds me of O.G. Jiggly in a way. But without the name, I wouldn't know who Tiny's drag mom is. And if I'm not mistaken, we're not going to hear that connection at all this episode. No. What is with the Venus erasure? I don't
1: know, because I feel like Venus was such a strong presence, too. Like, such a personality. So it's like you think that... Someone who's that memorable, like, would get brought in immediately into the fold in terms of references and just building that. So, very listen,
0: I'm sure we'll get a reference at some point. It's going to happen. Now, Tiny is 22 years old from Pasig City. Her confidence tells us that she will give us the looks, the performance, the talent, and, of course, the beauty in the face. Math and counting on her hands is not her thing, as she tells us she has been doing drag for less than two years and is known for being a live singer compared to a lip-sync artist. Tiny says that she is here to break boundaries and stereotypes. Good for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm like, let's let's see where it goes, maybe, you know, because I'm that like... That part. Yeah, I mean, that
0: yeah, that's always something to see, so... The look is by Arwen Morales, hair by Martha Amethyst. It's Hora the Explorer. I think this is fun, Dora Bonding. Uh, she's giving you the colors we know and a very cute drag approach. Uh, and for those to watch all of the Drag Race franchises, this is the second Dora reference in uh episode this week. Because Floor did a Dora reference on Drag Race Down Under. Mm-hmm tiny is clearly not afraid of her body with that silhouette as Arizona will say she's the Filipino candy muse and she's going to serve things that might not be right for her but she's still <laughs> gonna wear it uh let's talk about it the skirt is a too high as you can see her panty I think the whole thing needed to drop an inch or two add a bit more material love the hair perfect for the illusion and styled so well but you know what tiny she's just a fun time gal
1: Yeah, she really is. And it's like you get that right off the bat. It's just, you know, she's going to be a personality. She's going to be big. She's going to be loud. She's going to let you know. Um, And I think she's going to hopefully make for some great television. I agree. I mean, the, you know, the, the entrance look choice probably could have been a little bit stronger, changing some of the elements a little bit and all of that. So That kind of lands somewhere in the meh, I think, a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, clearly a very dynamic individual.
0: I will give her a soft toot.
1: I will do the same.
0: Audience 70% toot, 30% boot. It is greeting time. And as Arizona says, it is Candy Muse. Um, I don't think Tiny appreciated it, though. Never want to be called out as another queen the moment you make your debut, but she's not wrong.
1: Yeah, I think exactly. It's probably, you know, in a way, I think you could say, oh, that's really flattering because Candy made it really far. So I feel like that's that would be my approach to it would be like, right. oh, I remind you of someone that's a notable character that has been able to make it really far in their times on the show. Like, thank you so much for drawing that comparison. But exactly when it's your first moment for someone to make a comment like that and immediately say, oh, yeah, you remind me. Because it's also like you know the fans are going to do that inevitably, right? Exactly. So why does my fellow contestant need
0: to do that to me? <laughs> That's what I do. Alright, <laughs> Matilda is happy to see Tiny as they are really close. We will learn that they are part of the same group of drag friends. Now Arizona will take her moment in confessional to tell us that Tiny is giving us Lufa Girl number two. I can't with her. I can't. I can't. I, she's it's, a wrong, I can't it's a whole ensemble.
1: It's a whole Lufa ensemble.
0: Arizona says that they should be looking like body scrubbers as this is the theme of the season. Now once again, inside of tiny's backpack purse, she brought bar Chow too um do I need bar Chow while I do this podcast? If so, can someone give me advice of what Filipino bar Chow I should have?
1: Yeah, I think that you will have to do one. like I think you'll have to at least one episode you will have to indulge in the bar Chow and, yes please yeah, we'll have to find you the best option.
0: Now, Tiny and Matilda have their moment as they are really there. They're on Drag Race. Okay, next up, boys come running. Mama B needs a spanking. And just note, this was said in Basaya because that is important as it was a big plot point last season where we had a queen speak in Basaya. It's Nicole Pardo. She is 37 years old and she says she is your favorite mill from the queen city of the south, Cebu City. Um, Pause for a second mama B needs a spanking i was that lost in translation where, where's the B coming from
1: i had the same reaction i was okay. like where i don't i'm not getting it like great I think that, like the persona we learn more about i feel and it becomes a little bit clearer but yeah where's the B coming from no idea
0: she tells us she can do almost anything and she's all about performance she's all about glamour Ah, let's check that in a couple seconds. Mm -hmm. We learned that Nicole started doing drag in 2020 as she is a pandemic queen. Listen, a 34-year-old, she got bored, started drag. I personally didn't have that urge, but good for you, sweetie. You're doing great.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, like, hey, if you want to take that on, in a way, what a good time to learn when there's not really too much else happening. Right. Being able to go places and see things and all of that. So hone those skills and look where it got her
0: could you imagine if i try to do that oh boy (laughs) maybe my life would be different um she tells us she started doing drag online on Kumu. Kumu. (laughs) what is our equivalent of kumu
1: i really don't know if we have one okay it's like we don't you know i'm like we use i don't know like for streaming things People use Instagram, or they use TikTok, or they put, of course, their videos on like YouTube and this and that. I really—they've got all that. Yeah, but that's why—that's why I'm like everyone. You know, we all got that, but I'm like, I don't think that the United States has a platform that is equivalent to that. I just feel like we don't.
0: That's fair. All right, the look. No designers listed. And I can understand why. It's giving me Jennifer Coolidge cosplay for Halloween. I think the mill. Middle- part is nailed but the The hair is very flat and the lace is non-existent what um i think the way the robe the belt is too high it 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 doesn't help accentuate the boobs which she uses as her center point for the character i said it during the preview podcast but there's something about her mug that bothers me and i think it's just the way she paints her nose as it looks like she just got a botched nose job the colors look like they're bruising this really feels like a fan who went to the workroom after winning a contest. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think, unfortunately, the outfit comes across as looking pretty cheap. It looks a little bit uh, sort of... I don't even know like just a Halloween costume of some variety a little bit more than something that you would fully like want to be wearing especially for making your first appearance on Drag Race and that's how you're entering so I thought that was a little bit unfortunate I agree about her makeup I think something about it just looks a little bit off and doesn't really feel like it matches maybe like the rest of her and I feel as though later in the episode it actually looks even more pronounced and you can really see sort of i think like i don't know
0: i think part of the issue is she doesn't highlight much
1: i think that might be what it is now that you're saying that because i'm like trying to think i I don't think think she adds any white anywhere yeah it's just all sort of one tone and inherently then you're not going to get the dimensions of a face and you're not going to be able to really see the
0: details not at all uh total boot bad 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 yes definitely a boot audience did not care for it 11 to 89 percent boot now as they hug it out together as new sisters tiny will tell us that nicole's sequins are falling off her outfit as it's not sewn well girl that's giving her credit i thought it was from aliexpress <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> what <laughs> Now, Tiny will call out her laceless wig. Uh, Girl, this is Drag Race. Um, You must have lace to enter the race. Hey,
1: put that on a shirt.
0: I think I might. Thank you. I was waiting to see if you liked it. Great, guys. We have new merch. Yeah, exactly. New merch alert. New merch alert. Matilda is happy that there is someone there representing the Visayas on Drag Race. And for those who don't remember, the representative last season was the one and only Lady Morgana. We love still can't believe she is her age because i thought she was very much like 60 years old but that's what happens Whatever
1: <laughs> that's the energy she uh gives. now
0: let's cut back let's cut back to arizona who has found fur on nicole's look and thus deemed her lo- loofah girl number three <laughs> i the love that has like the commitment
1: to the everyone is going to be a loofah that she was like fur i'm counting that it's a loofah
0: <laughs> like- oh. Nicole will be asked, how was the trip? And all she says, it was fine. And she couldn't sleep. Um, great personality. This was not a winning moment for her. Not. She was nervous. No. She was very nervous.
1: Yeah, really, really not great start.
0: All right. Do I look pretty in pictures? Hi, babies. It's your mother, Captivating Cat Cat. And she is TBA years old. And whoever can re- uncover her real age will get a block talk tea time pin because she just spilled the tea. Yep, exactly. Give me your best guess.
1: Okay. She, I want to say she has to be like, I'm going to say 45.
0: That's literally the number I was going to say. I think she's got to be mid-40s.
1: Yeah, because doesn't she say she's been doing drag for like 20 years or something?
0: 22 years.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, okay, I'm trying to do the math. So I'm like, you have to be, I would imagine somewhere in your 40s yeah i would imagine
0: so she has in fact been doing drag for 22 years and tells us that she has been known by most people in the philippines and even more during the pandemic as she says she discovered many queens um please dive more into that eventually miss cat cat because are you saying you're like the rupaul of the philippines what's happening
1: (laughs) planting those
0: seeds her look, no designers listed. Again, obviously, why? Um, no. I, I don't know if this was a reference to something or what. This was just not great or cohesive. I like the blue and orange hair in principle. The execution was so generic. The tutu was not sitting right. Is it bad that the standee looked a thousand times better than the entrance look? Yeah. Um, also, I will say that she paints marvelously as she has de-aged herself so well. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think I responded to it maybe better than you did, honestly, and I think partially because of just the colors. Like, I think the color combination of the hair and the outfit and just that there were so many elements of the outfit itself that were just all in that matchy-matchy blue and really popping well against the hair. I was like, yes, it's a little bit simple, but I think sometimes simple, if it's done to a degree that looks good, it's totally fine. You know, so I think in that regard, and then like you said, of course, more than anything else, too, her makeup is just incredible. So she looked absolutely stunning. And I thought it was amazing to walk in with, like, a standee of yourself because, like, that's iconic and
0: hilarious. Can we discuss the shark? What's the shark about?
1: I really could not tell you, but I thought that might win some points for you because we all know you love a good baby shark moment.
0: We sure do. (laughs) Um, That being said, it's still a boot for me i'm gonna toot it i liked it audience didn't agree with you though 33 percent toot 67 percent boot
1: okay there's some people out there though
0: <laughs> as the entrance is happening tiny will narrate as she tells us that the next queen will enter with a standee of a shark and then as she walks forward she sees square hips square hips now if you could have a standee of any drag race queen in the entire drag race cinematic universe who would it be
1: I'm actually going to go, I think, with Alyssa Edwards.
0: Okay. Uh, what look?
1: I want to say that I would go for, like, a very early one where she's... I'm thinking of, like, the black and gold one, you know? Sure. like Yes, I think that, because that just feels, like, very quintessential, like, sort of, even if, of course, she's much more, like, polished and all of that now. Like, it just feels very quintessential Alyssa.
0: Sure, And Absolutely. also, I think...
1: She just has such incredible facial expressions that, like having that memorialized in a standee and just being able to have around, would be really iconic.
0: Would you talk to her all the di- all the time?
1: Absolutely. I pl- I t- tell her a bunch of secrets for Alyssa's <laughs> Secret
0: the reboot. I love it. Now, our cat will say hi to the Pop Girls, which will be a name you'll need to remember later on in this episode. Also, pock roughly translates to exactly or accurate. So it's used in a way that we would use someone as looking right. Mm. So pock is like right. As she gives her greetings, it's all happy and fun as they know who she is. Tiny tells us it's high time that Cat Cat is on drag race because of her experience. And she's probably been doing drag before she was even born. Shade, but actually, basically true.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like accurate shade.
0: Matilda will call her Grandma Shark, and that is the nickname I need to stick. It is still Shark Week here, so um, that's a thing. Also, she tells us that she is so legendary to expect a lot of her this season. Um, are you a fan of Shark Week? Do you, do you partake?
1: I used to partake more. I enjoy it as like a cultural moment because sure. I feel as though it's easier to find fun honestly, like snacks and things. Mm. Um, Actually, just over the weekend, I was enjoying some lovely shark gummies. And I was incorporating them into one of my performances that I was doing over this past weekend as well. So also very apropos. Are you Team Meg or Team Bruce? I think I might be a Team Meg. Just if for nothing else, then it's very close to Megan, the iconic movie of the year, one
0: of my top faves. Yes. All right. Now it's the battle of the orange hair. As Cat Cat calls out Arizona for having the same hair, Cat Cat will be like, can you change it? It As she like slaps her. Um, So yes, Cat Cat very much is the entitled queen of the season.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. That energy right away.
0: Arizona tells us that she will be her competition as she's a legend, but tells us she's sadly deteriorating and having a hard time moving already. She's kidding. <laughs> there it is again. Like, just kidding. Over and over. It's her catchphrase. It really is. Um, now let's get to the heart of Cat Cat. Matilda tells us that she has a lot of issues and voices with them on social media. She wonders if she will lock horns with anyone there. And I bet she will. But first, the moaning. Heard around the world. It's raining men. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, also, I love that she turned her head to the girls and she said men, and then the fact that Cat Cat didn't scratch her eyes out, but hey, let the girl have her moment. I was thinking the exact
1: same thing, but also just like how iconic and so good. Like, that is a great way to enter and is so much fun. I loved it.
0: It is Miss Jade So, and that is a miss within one.
1: Yeah, I mean... That's how you spell it.
0: Great. Great. <laughs> the confessional look. Oh, wow. Ariana Grande has entered the chat. Also, those nails could literally kill someone.
1: The nails are so insane. And I'm just hoping that they're even more and more ridiculous. I want them to like get longer as the season goes. I need the nail narrative.
0: How does one wipe their butthole?
1: I truly could not tell you, and some of my friends okay. actually talk about that. Sometimes it's a point of conversation that will come up periodically, and we always arrive back at the just. I don't know. I guess maybe you use a bidet and you pray.
0: Well, you know what? It is the Philippines. They probably do have bidets. There it is. That's probably. Yeah, what it I is. think
1: like you would have to rely on a bidet being around because I, I, there's just no way.
0: She tells us that she's the sexiest, the cuntiest and the baddest esoteric brat um I wonder if sugar and spice have allowed her to be part of the fam. Yeah, if not, is so Miss Jade Trigger. so everything nice?
1: She, t- like, she looks otherworldly to me. Like, that's what I was thinking when, especially when she was in the confessional. Like, looks like some kind of being from another universe in like the best possible yeah. way.
0: She tells us that sometimes no one can understand her, but she understands herself. So that's the important part. And I'm like, oh, boy, the confidence in this one. We might not vibe, but we will see.
1: I am, I mean, and I think, of course, you would expect this. I'm so here for the for the journey that she's already on. Like, yeah. I was just, oh, like, the uh, basically, when she said that, I thought that was one of the best lines of the entire episode. And then also, just like you were saying, in terms of confidence, I was like, oh, the delusion. Yeah. Like, the level of delusion already 0. 0.5 seconds into your time on the show. I'm ready to board this train. I'm all about it.
0: The look is by Miss Jade, hair by Yolisa hair and lashes by Miss Jade. So the best part of this look is she is not only telling us she's perfect and beautiful and looks like a model. She is telling us she is a proud trans woman in those colors. I think the story of Jade this season will be, will she rely on the body? She is here and that's fine. That's her brand, but I will not be here for it all season long, but we will get to something else later. I think this is very simple but effective. Of course, the Bradstall of the Philippines is going to give you drag trend with the wet hair. Uh, but she really looks like a porcelain doll, like literally.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's again, it's one of those where, you know, you hope that in order to really be competitive, that down the line, there's going to be maybe some more variety, a little bit more versatility and all of that. But if that's your brand and if that's really something that's pivotal for you and your drag persona, then yes, of course, even if it doesn't seem very elaborate. Come in and show that, give us that right away. And I think this was such a good example of that.
0: I will give this
1: a toot. Definitely a toot.
0: Audience 58% toot, 42% boot. Interesting. Arizona will say, Here's the one who will use those (laughs) loofahs. There it is, full circle. As she comes to the girls, of course, the first thing she hears is, I love your body, the bomb. Now, Cat Cat will tell us that they have two trans girls but wants to adamantly remind us that she entered first and meanwhile bernie next week is probably going to believe she's the first trans girl and then get shook that uh she's technically number three exactly that's the moment i can't wait for that's i everything about bernie is rubbing me the wrong way every time we've i see her in the trailer and she's like flipping out i'm like i'm not going to get along with her but if this is going to be like anything point of contention i cannot wait to watch this drama between the three of them i can see it already
1: yeah exactly hopefully we get that face crack
0: moment miss jade will tell us that she doesn't see transhood as a competition as it's their identity she says they don't have to compete with their bodies and she will say that now and regret it later And just like that the alarm sounds and the girls are utterly confused as there're only 6 in the room. Oh my god. They run across the room. As it's time for room mail already and Rue is giving us that same fucking black top we've seen time and time again, but a new wig. Congrats to that.
1: Yeah, do you think like she just has that one top in a room like just on a single hanger on a single rack like
0: <laughs> I am convinced. She is given four shows to record all these video messages for, and they do it in a day. She just sits there, changes the wig, and just does it in a day. I'm convinced. Because I think last year there were like two or three franchises that had the same exact look.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that just has to be the way because it also makes sense. I mean, you know, people can clock it and maybe it just seems then a little bit like, oh, they did this all at once. But, you know, listen, time is money. Rue is busy. So
0: got to just bang them out. It takes 50 people to get it ready. So you got to do it all at once. But <laughs> I just got to say, would you rather have Rue do this or would you prefer being Mama Pow? I especially at this point since it's season
1: two I would want Mama Pow to do it
0: because mm-hmm. I'm just because like... Nikki gets to do her own Valentina and Lolita get to do their own why why Rue
1: why Ru? yeah that's that's something that I've been thinking about too it's just so interesting how it's I mean and especially because it's like they do yes they flip back and forth a little bit but I mean they're speaking another language in Philippines very often so why right. wouldn't you just have Mama Pow do the videos like They got the better budget now, so why not let Mama Pow do the videos?
0: That's true. All right, well, in this message, she will welcome the queens to Drag Race Philippines season two and ask if they are ready for double the fun, double the eleganza, as the time has come to open wide and show off the charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent they have hidden inside. They are officially Rue Girls. The door opens and the new and improved, question mark, Paulo Balasaurus, AKA Mama Pow, is here. Let's talk about it. As Amanda Masker messaged me, she has gotten the Brooklyn Heights makeover. That is a perm. There is work done on the face. She is looking snatched and very frozen.
1: Yes, all of those things. It's like, I mean, the hair in particular, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we're we're making a hair choice here. And then all of the mm-hmm. other elements was like, oh, yeah, okay. She also was like, let me get that season to glow up. Let me... <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> Mama Pat will welcome the Queens to season two as she tells them to look around because budget. Um, I mean, facts are facts. They got more funding.
1: Yeah, completely. And it's like, maybe
0: uh, they could throw some of that over to down under. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they will acknowledge the success of season one and tells them by quoting the devil wears Prada, that they have big shoes to fill. She tells them this is their chance to impress her and the judges and show Pinoy excellence of the world. Serve the C-U-N-T with extra rice. Let's discuss the prize package. As they will receive a one-year supply of Anastasia Beverly Hills. What happened to one size? I thought having a Filipino creator as a brand was brilliant. I wonder what happened. Patrick Star, explain yourself.
1: Yeah, I had the same reaction. I actually wanted to make sure that I caught that it changed, so I, like, rewound it, I think,
0: twice to be like, wait, now we're I changing? mean, is, is Anastasia Beverly Hills the reason why they have this budget?
1: I'm thinking... That's where my mind went, right? Like maybe it's just they found Philippines to be very successful. So they were like, let's really absorb this and let's align yeah. who the sponsor is for the makeup prize. But yeah, I think there was something nice about having it be one size. And so I was a little bit disappointed, I guess, that it has changed. Cause I'm like, it felt distinct, yeah. unique. You know, it felt like of the culture and more connected to the franchise. So it was a little disappointing.
0: I mean, clearly Patrick Starr is not jilted by it because I did see Patrick at um, DragCon this year in L.A. Um, So she's there. She's having a fun time. I watched her get some amped accessories, jewels. Ooh. um, Along with all the other Filipino queens because they don't have these kind of jewels. Um, As I've said in the podcast before, when I interviewed some of the queens, they basically told us that like, yeah, when Jiggly would come, she would bring her old jewels and give it to them because they don't have those drag jewels there yeah
1: well and i also remember that from season one too right like was it i think it was maybe lady morgana right like jiggly mm-hmm. left her ring oh, yeah. and they showed it when yeah. she was
0: leaving when she got eliminated i mean i'm not going to say how much the bitch spent but precious paul and nicole spent a pretty penny on amp's accessories at the end of drag <laughs> her, her and eva laqueen i was helping eva out a little bit um they were just like here's the colors i want give me everything
1: Yeah, I mean, if they got that Drag Race money now, get those accessories.
0: Um, Now, also, they are going to get one million pesos powered by Kumu. There it is again. For their very first mini challenge, it's time to face their fears as they have to pose for their lives. We have some guesses of jumping off a building, diving underwater for Matilda. Captivating Cat Cat shares she's scared of monster cocks. 12 inches. I know that's not your biggest fear, but what is your biggest fear?
1: <laughs> I think my biggest fear is probably actually, um. I mean, it sounds a little ridiculous, but like cars slash getting hit by a car.
0: Okay, fair. That's fair. Have you ever been I, in car I do a car accident?
1: I do a lot of walking. All the time and not at this point in this moment in my life, not necessarily like in cities and stuff a lot. So it feels as though, granted, not even being a walking individual in the city always feels like super friendly for pedestrians, but I feel like especially out in places that are a little bit more suburban, it's like There's very often no sidewalks. People are just driving all kinds of crazy up and down the roads at alarming speeds. And so sometimes I'll just be walking around and I'm just like, this is how I'm going to go. And I just am not even going to see it coming. And that's kind of horrifying.
0: (laughs) So you probably were very triggered. Let's call back all the way to Dragula season four um, in that first challenge where Astrid and the the truck lights in that uh, maze room.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. And then also when Loris gets got too and it gets run over by the vehicle, I was like, that's yeah, that's real.
0: We arrive on a set, aka a place with a green screen curtain and backdrop that I bet a million pesos is still on the set of the workroom. <laughs> our photographer is our favorite Filipino twink, BJ Pascual, who is there just to be yummy. Is he single? Asking for a friend.
1: He is just one of those people that you're like, you can't help but kind of be jealous of because it's like, he's so attractive, but also has that kind of cute, like innocence and just seems yeah. a bit like just a lovely individual. And it's like, is there anything that is flawed about you? Because it seems like no, and that's not fair.
0: <laughs> well, there might be something that's flawed, but we'll talk about that when we discuss Untucked. Arizona Brandy is up first and she is just drooling at BJ. Um, he is not a fear, but she is going to face him head on. Hey, hey. After two quick clicks, Mama Pal was like, wait, something is missing. It's extra special guest star. No, no, not the big crew. He's just the escort for the tarantula. Oh, hell no.
1: That felt like a real reality TV throwback to me. Because oh, that yeah. Like, you know, America's Next Top Model. Never forget that photo shoot.
0: Arizona is scared of spiders. She'll last literally two seconds of lying before she tells us, yeah, she's not a fan. We learned that the animal is non-venomous, but I will say that um, it is fierce. It's very, very fierce. That bitch is crawling up the neck, but she won't scream like she does when um, she finds one in the bathroom. What? How are you with spiders?
1: I am also really not a fan of spiders. I've gotten... I don't even, I couldn't even tell you why, it's just whatever, but like I've gotten some pretty gnarly spider bites previously. Ooh. Yeah. Um. And even the ones that are not, you know, venomous or this or that, like they can really blow up your skin and make it look so crazy and it can go from zero to 60 real fast. So. Yeah, I, I really also do not enjoy spiders, so this might be a little bit hard for me to do if I was in that position, especially when the queens talk about, like, the legs sticking into their skin. I was just like, oh no, not me.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I'm not too fond of spiders. The only sweater I like is Tom Holland.
1: <laughs> I can get on board with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. BJ will say that Arizona brought a lot of personality, and she did well. Matilda is up, and she is posing for her life with tarantula, and she will bring it on. And that baby is crawling on the shoulder like it is a part of the look. She tells us that she had a childhood friend who had snakes and iguana, so she's not that shook. Then the man will literally put the bug on her face, and I was like, "But why? There was one moment when she had her eyes closed, and when she opened them, there was a snake butt in her view. And that's when I would be like, "I quit. I'm not playing no more."
1: yeah exactly like put it on their uh, the other parts of their body fine but when they started putting it on the face again with like the sticking of the legs in particular i was just like oh no no could not be me
0: bj says that she gave a lot of facial expressions and they were all cover worthy tanya deluxe is posing and that tarantula gave her a beard the spider will dig into her skin but she knows she just has to look pretty nicole pardo will immediately start with um the spider, which is gonna like take up her entire face. BJ, like, it's a pity because she had her chin down and the color of her skin looked great with a spider. Great, good for her.
1: I'm also just like, what does that mean though? I don't like... know.
0: <laughs> now, Captivating Cat Cat will give us the 2000s drama that we needed where she is f- freaking the fuck out before the spider is even put on her damn face. Oh yeah. BG tells us that obviously that cat cat was the most afraid of the spider, and it showed. Her photos were met, and it didn't help when Mama Pal was like, her nails were freshly filed. Don't tell the girl that. <laughs> She's scared. I thought her finally,
1: finally looks good though. So I don't know. I was like, honestly, maybe it was just her makeup again. Maybe she just looks so stunning. <laughs>
0: Finally, we have Miss Jade So, and she says, it tickles. It's a little bit painful, but pose. She was born to do this as she's a fucking star bitch.
1: Yeah, and I was also like, clock how a lot of the time it was not anywhere near her face. It was like on her chest. The final image, it was in her hair, not on the face. I was like, hmm.
0: Now, the Queens returned from the studio through either the entrance, so either Big Fake or it was a different set. I don't know. Someone tell me. Um, were they afraid? Of course not. I say, they don't say no. No one's going to admit they were afraid. The Queens will take the time to get out of drag because we are going to delay the results to give us some content. And we're going to get a lot of important content in this moment. Yes. Yes. Cat Cat tells us that she has known Arizona the longest of the queens there. Arizona will be like, When we first met, you gave me so much attitude saying you didn't know me. Cat Cat like, Did I really say that? And Arizona's like, I swear. Um, and she's like, Well, it's because you weren't famous. Love this dynamic already. Same.
1: It's just, it's the diva energy. It's the I'm incredibly important, but also, Oh my gosh, did I really act that way? I can't believe it. I love it.
0: Arizona says that people. People always say that Cat-Cat is rude, but she thinks she'll get to know her better this season. In an interesting way to get out of drag, Nicole will keep her breastplate on as the face is gone. And that face is going to gag Cat-Cat as she's like, who is this man? Comparing him to a workman that they let in. So is this like the Trixie Mattel of the season?
1: I think so. It's like the wild, because I also, I mean, agree, granted, the makeup skills are not the strongest, but like, it is one of the wilder transformations.
0: Tiny will take it a step further and say that Nicole is dad. And Nicole is like, they called me daddy, but I'm a MILF. Call me mother. I mean, poor Caden toast.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, still no context for the B, though. We still don't know
0: where the call me mama B is coming from. Yeah, don't know that one now tiny will tell us that for her first time in full drag um she's doing it with pads stockings and tights and a corset and glued down wig and i'm like what did you do before
1: <laughs> yeah i was like what level of drag were you doing before then i don't get it
0: she's a legit drag queen now tiny tells us how she and matilda did a gig together during pride and she asked her how much is her talent fee for it did they have the same rate and she turned to her and said why you're not a drag queen you're a singer Invalidating her drag, how rude she said she was joking, but Tommy is like, What if I told her she's just a dancer? But they're a okay now, allegedly. Allegedly, we'll find out <laughs> later on. Exactly, we're gonna head over to Cat Cat and Jade, and this is going to be the tease of the conversation I wanted when I mentioned it in the preview podcast. Cat Cat will say this is the first time she's seen Jade with no makeup on, and she's only seen her on TikTok. She jokes that she's so beautiful, only on TikTok.
2: Great. Right. <laughs> the, the shade. the shade.
0: con. She asks her how long she's been doing drag, and Jade says that when she was 14, she was doing drag makeup in her bedroom, so... yesterday.
1: <laughs> for 24 hours.
0: Her first performance was on her sister's 18th birthday. Now, before we can have our trans experience chat that I'm so desperate for... Mama Pow is here as all the girls are now out of drag. BJ arrives and he is not part of the pit crew. No, no. It is revealed that the winner of the Gorge magazine cover shoot is Matilda. Do you agree?
1: I really didn't agree. Honestly, I felt like there were a few photos to me that felt stronger. And I don't know, maybe it is like I was saying before, just being partial to how striking some of the makeup was. But I was like, Jade's photo to me was pretty incredible. I actually really like Cat Cats too. So there were two or three that I personally would have put above Matilda.
0: Well, she's gonna win a cash tip of 20,000 pesos. For the first Master Challenge, they will start with a boom and a bang. Are they ready to pop off, ate Because they're going to sing and dance in their own girl group. Boosh! Now, first off, according to a Google search, boosh is a term when something is extravagant. Oh, I love that. Is that what you would have understood the word to mean? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, Apparently, you know, I guess I was... it's like a Filipino TikTok slang term that was gone viral, I guess. Mm, okay.
1: Yeah, I would have thought that it was just sort of like a, like an exclamation or something, you know, yeah. like just like a extra thing, sort of not
0: like like to- a, a boom turing <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> they will each write their own verse that embody who they are and showcase their unique talents and personalities. They will have to choreograph themselves as well as come up with a group name and also mama pal says they have to prepare for a nerve-wracking showdown which do we did we get that this episode is that a tease for next episode i guess more on it next week
1: yeah that's what i was thinking as well like i'm wondering if it's supposed to be this alluding to something that's going to happen when the groups combine and it's like you got
0: last year we had that like pop off a moment after um the flex bomb girls went and the both groups are on stage doing the dance off
1: right exactly so that's why i'm like is it maybe gonna be but i don't even know what that would look like because they're having them compete in these different batches so
0: right as the winner of the mini challenge, Matilda gets the advantage of choosing her verse position and the others will fight it out. We've never really seen that done before. Do you think it's important to pick your placement and where would you want to be?
1: Yeah, I was having a similar thought just like that. I feel as though this is the first time they've ever given someone this kind of advantage, which is very interesting. Um, I do feel like I would probably want to go last. I think someone who does go last, it's putting you in a pressure spot because then you have to make sure that everyone else didn't outshine you. But also it means that you're the last one that they hear. So as long as you can like really bring it all the way, then that might help you stand out as being the most memorable. So I feel like I'd opt for that.
0: I would always 100% pick first. Because when the fans learn the lyrics, they're going to remember you first. That's a good point. Alaska is known for going first. Lawrence Chaney is known for going first. We've had so many iconic first placements. It's like, I, I mean, even Boom to Ring. That like going in, starting with a bang is always a great option. Unless the, you're just really good at what you do.
1: In the UK, do you remember, because I'm like having trouble recalling it just offhand and i'm gonna ask you something and i know you're probably gonna say i have to retain all this other
0: stuff let's figure it out i know that i've done this to you before
1: (laughs) but did bimini go last in uk hon or was she in the middle she was last okay see so i'm like for me i'm like release the beast bimini that Mm -hmm. just always stands out to me and that
0: was the last verse first it was dancing to a highland jig then the fashion queen ahora um then we had t-a-y-c-e it's the floor you talk about my weave and then Lisa the beast
1: yeah so i think for me i'm sort of like the sometimes the last ones end up standing out to me so
0: you can always ask me about uk honey because that's something that will always live rent free in my mind and is as it should to one of my alarm clocks
1: like literally as it should for everyone because I also revisit that video and could just watch it forever because it is so good.
0: I will go back and watch just th- like that part of the episode um because it's just it's one of my favorite drag race moments in the history of the franchise.
1: Oh, I would 100% agree. It's just so iconic. It was so incredible and it continues to endure.
0: Now, if this is not too much information already, Mama Pal reveals that they will record their verses with two of the four sister members of the girl group, Fourth Impact. I have learned that they won the show World Champions of the Performing Arts and are alum of the 12th season of the British edition of Vex Factor.
1: The British version? Yes. That's very interesting.
0: Yeah. Mama Pal will remind them that one of the queens will be eliminated at the end of the day tomorrow. Who will it be? Get into it. The girls head to the table where we see six pieces of paper and six pens with feathers, and I was like, I want a pen with a feather. They look so gay. Um, And kind of a tease to the runway. Yeah, actually, that tie-in, though. Matilda is congratulated on her win, as Tiny is a bit bitter. It's time to listen to the track, and the girls are bopping around. Now, I have a question. When we watch the girls listen to the track for the first time, is it just the music and the chorus? I mean, I'm assuming there's no place for verse lyrics, so it's up to them to know if they're good at figuring out rhythm and timing.
1: Yeah. I'm wondering if it's one of those things where um, there's sort of a, a repetitive, just filler sound or word that they put in where the verses would go so that they can get a sense for rhythmically, like how it would fit. Because I think I would imagine it'd be important for girls who are not you know recording artists and don't have that much experience singing to at least be able to try and give them something to reference for the feel of the beat absolutely but yeah i would think it's like overall though just like open
0: arizona says that this will be their song and will attach to them forever which is very very true that's why making a great track is great for being a drag race legend Cat Cat thinks the song is catchy. Matilda says it's the next LSS moment. I don't know what that means. It might refer to the Filipino musical film, but hey, that's me just guessing and Google searching. Tani will tell the table that she would like to go last as she hears the song and the melody of the last part of the song is very right to sing and good to belt out because she is a belter. Matilda is confident as she lets the other girls choose their placement. She's then left the first position, which is usually a great spot to be in. Um, again, as I said, we literally started off Ate with a boom.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it does. It, it comes down to putting yourself first or putting yourself last. I don't think you ever want to be really in the middle if you can choose that.
0: Matilda knows it's big pressure to open the song, but that's the bush of it all. We have our order. Matilda, Nicole, Arizona, Cat Cat, Miss Jade, and Tiny. Arizona tells us to throw us off a scent that she's nervous as there is a singer in the competition. Matilda is the dancer, so she can do acrobatics. She's nervous about her competition. Can she rise above the girls? We love
1: around this part, That's where I was thinking in particular, around how they, sort the girls and how they put the groups together because i'm like was that just random that they had someone who's like i'm a singer and someone who's like i'm a dancer or were they sort of trying to mix them up and maybe we'll find a similar makeup we'll find out i guess yeah
0: all right pock girls the queens head to the main stage where the led wall is giving us an lsd brick wall 2000s fantasy They are met by 4th Elements, Elmira and Mylene, who are these cute little Filipino pop stars holding microphones because I have to assume they don't know how to act in reality without a microphone in hand.
1: You know, I think maybe more people should just lean into that and we should encourage more people to just walk around anywhere and everywhere with
0: a microphone. Uh, absolutely. Joining them is the award-winning music producer and founder of Tossier Records, Moops, uh, Guapo for Reals. These girls want to taste him.
1: I was wondering during this whole segment, too, like if they legitimately all just naturally came up with that or if it was just fed to them by the producers, like you have to say. I guarantee
0: you one of them said it and then they're like, no, I'll say it, please.
1: Yeah, because I was just like, there's no way
0: that they all no, not just at came all. to the same conclusion, so to speak. Let's kick things off with Matilda, who is a bit timid. Nicole claims that her lines weren't as strong as the other girls. Then we're going to move on to Nicole, who is really owning this MILF branding. She is told by Elmira that she could play with the phrasing a bit. um, And she's a bit confused by the term MILF. Do they not have that term in the Philippines?
1: I feel like they must, though, because it's like people were able to draw the connection and get it. So I'm like, I think you're just not aware of this for whatever
0: reason. Arizona thinks there's something missing in Nicole's lyrics, and that's conviction convince her that she is the face of the drag. Now it's time for Miss Arizona to drop it like it's hot, but um she's got some confidence. She knows that fourth element can help her improve, but they tell her that she's a one-take wonder. Okay. Good for her. Yeah, I was expecting
1: there to be a little bit more coaching, maybe, but maybe we didn't see it, or maybe just they legitimately didn't need it in plenty of the cases.
0: Yeah, yeah um cat cat goes and she will be all innocent and be like oh dj can you help me with the mic and this is her way to flirt she's all giggly i mean listen if i had a hot man help me with my mic i'd be hot and bothered too (laughs) who can blame her her time well it was not great she is advised to work on her timing but arizona's like how do you fumble your own lyrics
1: Yeah, I was feeling very nervous for Cat Cat listening to her record because it just sounded crazy. I was like, oh my gosh, you're kind of yelling, and it's just, oh boy, okay, we might be in for a doozy.
0: Miss Jade So, Skinty Power Top Rotzi. That's all we needed to know about her to give confidence to twinks like Troy Savon that they can be delusional and think they're actually tops. (laughs) It's all about the delusion. It's not not true, Troy, stop it, stop it. You're trying to just get headlines and clicks. It's not true.
1: (laughs) It's all about generating press.
0: Miss Jade So is a bit rough and she's not getting the timing, so she will start again. And when she does, Elmira's like, I love your lyrics. Can you be on our album? Wow, way to give the girl an ego.
1: Right, and I would have held her to that. I would be like, I have you on recording that I can now play back over and over. (laughs) saying that right. you want me to be on your album and like write lyrics for you. So you're going to do that. You're going to follow
0: through. Miss Jade is confident with her verse. She's a star. Tiny is up and she is singing and doing hand movements. And she's like, I'm the shit and no one will ever tell me otherwise. Tiny will get ahead of herself, messes up a bit. As you can tell, she just wants to impress. She's struggling as she's trying to ad lib and riff, but no one can be Tina. And that's a wrap. That's it. That's all we got.
1: I was curious when Tiny was going, especially because one of the other girls, um, it may have been Arizona, said something about being um, aware that it seemed like Tiny was trying to do these extra riffs and the ad-libs and this and that. So I had the thought of like, do you think it was strategic or trying to be strategic to get more takes and recordings by right. Tiny to like right. have that built in? So I was like- I would think we-. so. Yeah, like maybe she was trying to do something there.
0: Well, the girls will find out that Mylena and Elmira will be part of the panel and sing. You better work. Very cute. Very cute. Uh, Because I don't think the girls wanted to sing Don't Fuck It Up. I don't think that's the lyric they wanted. Mm, Probably not. The recording studio set is gone as now it's time to dance. Cat Cat will start to take the lead of the choreography as she tells them to open and form a V. I think this is code for the dance move known as the vagina. (laughs) Cat Cat tells us that while everyone can dance, not everyone can learn easily. And that is for sure. Jade is a mess and Cat is turning into a drill sergeant. Speaking of, I wonder if T.O. Douglas will be back this season. Remember that man? He was terrifying.
1: He was running those dance rehearsals like it was dead serious. Lives depended on it. Abby Lee Miller real mess. Yeah, like really giving us the whole brand. I mean, what an icon! I hope
0: he's back. I really want to
1: see him name. Oh, I because yeah, because I want to
0: see him break those girls. Yes. Like, <laughs> Cat Cat tells us that her and Jade are clashing, aren't clashing yet, and that is Claude to remember this moment for when it happens later on this season, or perhaps later on this episode. A hundred percent. Tiny is becoming a bit of a troublemaker. She seems to want to do her own thing especially when it comes to facing the back of the stage. She likes that for drama, I guess. Not for TV, but we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. Nicole, meanwhile, tells us that she is disappointed as she is a dancer and choreographer and her pitch was not accepted. She thinks her personality is not as big as Cat Cat's and Tiny's, and that, my friend, is an understatement.
1: I wanted to hear more, I guess, about that, because I'm like, you've only been doing drag for I mean, at this point, being 2023, for like three years, you really picked up doing drag during the pandemic and were teaching yourself that in mostly isolation. So I was wondering, like, does she have previous experience before right. that, like a dancer, choreographer? Is that something that she picked up somehow as well and thinks that she's, you know, like this big? I had a lot of questions about that.
0: <laughs> what do you, what do you, okay, let's, let's figure it out. What do you think she did before? she started to drag
1: that's the thing i'm just like i literally couldn't imagine i'm like
0: i bet she worked in an office
1: that's kind of what i was thinking too i'm like i would imagine her as just sort of an office worker whatever type thing so like again where is the skill set as a choreographer with experience and all
0: that coming from like listeners i'll give you another tea time pin if you can Find the tea. What did Nicole Pardo do before drag? Yes, we need to know. It's elimination day and the Puck Girls are here. Tiny's excited for the girl group challenge and perform boosh. They're also excited. We will even watch Matilda already in her boots give us some voguing and death dropping. Um, Nicole is forgetting what had happened before. All she wants to do is get on stage and perform. Remember that conversation earlier that I alluded to? Well, now it's time for Kat and Miss Jade to chat. Kat Kat will ask her, when did she start thinking about becoming trans? Kat Kat says for her, it wasn't something she thought about, while Miss Jade says she has always felt like she's a woman. Jade says it's, get, it's sad getting the question, why did you choose to transition as if they chose to be discriminated against? She says it's not a choice, it's who they are. Nicole will pipe in and commend them because not all trans people can fight people who think that way. Catcat says they they became strong because they were bullied their kids for being this way, and she says they grew up and realized it wasn't right. Catcat is proud of her and Jade that they are on season two because they are the first ever trans representation in Drag Race Philippines. And again, Bernie is watching this, being like, "Fuck off! I'm here too." Somewhere out there. Kakat likes that they are seatmates. They are trans power and combined forces. Kat is going to mention the need for the Sogi, which is the sexual orientation and gender identity expression equality bill. She says it's for their rights, but for all rights, everyone. Jay says that the fact that they can talk about it here will give it a higher chance to raise awareness. She she tells us they won't just be tolerated they want to be accepted and tells the camera crew it seems that they need to open up their minds maybe she thought she was talking to the viewers but regardless no matter what she was not talking into a camera no i definitely what did you think of was... this conversation
1: yeah i mean i thought that it was nice to get i think like we were actually saying recently in a a recap that we were doing of France, right? Like being able to see these conversations and have these platforms where Drag Race is really leaning into these important critical conversations around trans people, trans experiences, trans identities. I always feel like that's just so valuable and being able to bring more of a spotlight to that is so important and helps validate the experiences of just so many people and hopefully will help generations of people no matter what stage they're at in their lives just understand their identities feel more empowered accepted and all of that um and I do appreciate too that there was this tie to a specific political piece you know sort of serving as a call to action because I feel like we don't always get that flair in the international franchises. Like, I think sometimes it's brought up, and especially in those segments of time that have been around really heightened political moments in the United States, we've gotten those layers. But I don't think that always comes through in the international franchises. So I think it felt very important that the conversation happened and that there was, again, a specific reference to something politically that could impact the lives of so many people.
0: Right. I maybe it's when Bernie will appear. Maybe that's what they're saving it for, but I'm very excited. And I know that they're going to have a discussion about the trans experience in their very, very different generations. Um, because the experience Cat has is not the experience Jade has. And I think that's so important for viewers to understand. And I think having that conversation is going to be huge. Yeah, definitely. But that's all for today. I'm sure we will have more of these deep conversations. Um, but this is an important start. It's time to hit the runway. For the very first time this season, Mama Pow is continuing, as Amanda says, the Brooklynification as she is dressed as Brooklyn Heights once again.
1: <laughs> it's a full, like, body snatch. like, <laughs>
0: Literally. This week, our panel comprises of digital and TV presenter, actress, and icon of trans women's rights straight from London. It's the one woman wonder, Khaled Karen. Okay. When she addressed the camera, clearly the show has been listening to the podcast because we have a more natural angle, as she actually will get solo time this year without Jiggly in her fucking frame. Yes. But it's so zoomed in, like baby steps, baby steps, but take it back. Give us a little <laughs> bit. Um, next up is from RuPaul's Drag Race Season 4 and RuPaul's Drag Race all Stars Season 6 poses Veronica Ferocity herself, Filipina maiden, Rue Girl from Laguna, Jiggly Caliente. Okay, Mama Pal, we got to slow. We, we got to like pick one thing, one thing. We don't have to give the entire resume.
1: Right? Like, why does it have to be literally everything? Just breathe a little bit, space it out. She sounded like you doing the intro to the disclaimer to the podcast. Literally.
0: <laughs> um We have BJ Pasquale who is just so fucking adorable. And finally, it's Elmira and Mylene Cercado of Fourth Imperfect. Um, these girls are very flashy dressers. Uh, very Asian pop princess realness.
1: Oh, absolutely. The one who was wearing the, like, pink flowy... Lufa. Giving loofah! Giving Lufa with then like the black seeming like spray paint, yeah. I love that. That yeah. moment I was so here for.
0: Now, from what I alluded to before, we did have some issues last season with the camera angles and we had the high volume. Um, it really was during the runway um, and everything that I took note and the underscoring is so low. Like this was very uncomfortable. We can fix it in post, right? I would hope and I would imagine. Could you imagine watching an actual episode of drag race in full silence just dialogue
1: yeah it would just be so uncomfortable like
0: it would be what's crazy. really funny though is to remind ourselves <laughs> that's literally what happens when they record it yeah i mean i guess that's true so weird all right um we are going to start with our debut performance of boosh and then hit the runway are you ready i am ready The girls are dressed all in red. I love a cohesive color story. I bet they were told to bring red and blue, as we will know from next week's girls. Uh Now, I know this is their first episode, but clearly they are not camera ready because a circle formation to start? No. Camera in front of you always, no backs. But it's that theme of the episode, isn't it? Yes, 100%. The lighting package for this performance was intense. I could barely see anything. Also, why a red and black backdrop when the girls are wearing red? Like, I would like to speak to the lighting manager. Seriously.
1: It's just like, it's distracting. It takes away from being able to have that distinction. It was a choice.
0: It was, it was. All right. There were certainly some strugglers of this group when it came to the group choreography. Oh, yeah. Matilda kicks us off and I think she did well she looked great I love her in that slick black slick back pony in blonde I think her lyrics and energy were serviceable but as a dancer I wanted her to go harder like a death drop at the end is not a winning strategy here
1: yeah exactly I think I would agree with you she held her own and it was fine but someone who's branding themselves as a dancer like really give us the intensity really take us there
0: I don't know if it was a choreo mistake or what, but Nicole starting her lyrics behind Tiny, bad, 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 bad.
1: I think it must have been similar to what you were saying before, just not having the stage presence and the experience on the stage yet, because I feel like they allude to it later, something about actually Tiny maybe not hitting the blocking mm-hmm. correctly. And I think that's maybe what the factor was. Yeah. But definitely could do any
0: favors. Her look, it was red, and I saw nips poking out very much MILF energy, unlocked. I think she was pretty solid, but I wanted her lip sync to actually match the energy of what she recorded. It wasn't the same.
1: No, not at all. There was definitely a, a distinction.
0: Arizona Brandy crawling through legs as an entrance was amazing. I love. it. Uh, the jacket reveal to show us that she has a sex kitten. Arizona, one more shot. What a great way to end her lyric.
1: Yeah, I thought her verse was really good. I think she had a lot of great moves. I personally felt like maybe a little bit more towards the end, her choreography was maybe falling off a little bit. I felt mm-hmm. like I was seeing that. Um, but plenty of the other girls were guilty of that as well and some of them definitely much worse so
0: well it's in this moment that you can see there is one queen who is not in sync and thus i thought based on this moment she was going to be in the bottom but clearly her, her critiques told us otherwise but friends go look at miss jade so behind arizona she is completely off by like two beats
1: yeah and i think too part of it what i feel like i was seeing with jade especially in the background was like the movements were just not large either no sense like it seemed as though she was going sort of half if that makes sense like absolutely yeah it it was just not keeping up
0: now listen cat cat's entrance with the titty out may be one of the best entrances in a song ever absolutely that was a proud moment and the lyrics fit it well
1: Yeah, I was like, when I saw that, I was like, this is probably going to be a winning moment. I thought she may have had the win locked up there.
0: The cartwheel to split was a bit messy, but I give her props for doing it at the age of 45 question mark. (laughs) At the age of TBA. Miss Jade is going to be the queen they're going to force me to love. She did well in her verse because she did nothing. She posed. And if that's her good job, I just need a little more time to enjoy her, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, exactly. I think that's it. I think it's just a very specific brand. And I think they know what she's going to give. So they're just like, get
0: into it. Yeah. Tiny was correct in wanting the position she got based on the vocals she will give. What is not giving is the black Leo and the gold boots. Surely production could have helped her with the visuals
1: yeah and also i think the stage presence it's like it's one thing to have the voice and be able to sing whether it's live or have it recorded and then deliver it in that way whatever but if you're not mashing it with the energy that you're bringing on stage with knowing the choreography with all of those elements it only is going to get
0: you so far now we will have a critique about her turning her back and i'm going to defend, defend her ever so slightly And say that when she did turn her back, it was a non-vocal moment that worked with the lyric of, I'm tiny, she turns, but I'm extra large. She could have made this a stronger visual moment, but I don't know if it was bottom creating.
1: I think that when I was watching it, it did feel a little bit, and maybe it was timing-wise, like... It was a little bit close to saying I'm tiny and then back turned. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that's what it was. Like yeah. if it was a little bit more of a clear distinction and there was maybe a beat and then the turn, sure. that would be a difference.
0: Absolutely. I love a key change, but um, was that the face-off with ATs? Like, where's the other group? Give me a showdown. Um Based yeah. on the judges' performances, they seemed utterly unimpressed by this full performance.
1: Oh yeah. That one frame where like they're just sitting there, like, you know, seemingly just very unimpressed and very yeah. unenthused. I was like, oh yeah, they they don't like this.
0: Are you ready for my prediction? Yes, I'm ready. This was the pink pussy energy group. I haven't seen anything or listened to the track for next week, but I think next week we're going to get our flex bomb girls in that moment.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping so, because I kind of agreed. Like, honestly, they looked a little bit messy, not saying like without cause, because it's that thing too, of this is your first week you're expecting double the cast to be there. And you're thrown into this needing Mm -hmm. to sing, dance, choreograph, literally just do it all. So, you know, keeping that in mind it was rough it was you know not not um the most amazing of performances and
0: that's why i compare it to ppe's performance because on paper they should have been fantastic but they were just not cohesive yes all right let's do the runway category is feather you like it or not in honor of the runway we will play you feather work or better late than feather I love play on words. Here we go. Matilda, no designers listed. I like the bird version of Maleficent, but that horn wig needs to be triple the size. I think the feather backpack is well-constructed. I love the feather. Leo has a variety of feathers that give it depth and color. The boots are perfect for this look. The ripped fishnets. Honestly, the look is so polished that it does take me out a bit. Either surf polish or surf punk.
1: Yeah, and I actually really appreciate what you were saying before around the hair in particular, because when I've been looking at her runway look, I was trying to figure out what really felt off about it to me. And I think that was one of the elements. I think I was having that moment of this feels as though it's something we've seen if not the exact version of then things that are very similar in that i mean cameron michaels did
0: something like this
1: right exactly i think we've just seen so many things done in the same vein that to not have every element going off like bigger hair maybe different stockings all of that like it just kind of falls a little bit more flat than you would probably anticipate and it sounds like a strange thing to say when someone has giant feather wings on but it was just like There were too many things that felt a little bit disparate and a little bit off, and it just didn't fully come together as totally cohesive for me.
0: Absolutely. Cal Karen says that this challenge is meant for them to introduce themselves to the world, as this is their birth where they give themselves a name, but she recalls from her lyrics that she's a dancer. She says the look is strong enough to make her safe. She says she has ostrich and rooster feathers and added some horns and she achieved the black angel. Fourth Impact said that she thinks she made up for it with her performance and stunts she did. They say they sp- the split did it. I will give her a you feather work.
1: I'm actually going to give her a light feather late than never.
0: Wow. The audience. 95% you feather work. 5% better late than feather. I'm the 5%. <laughs> <laughs> there you are, captivating cat cat. Look by Arya Kowalski. Collection hair by Martha. A tale of two feathers. Starting out with this giant cloud of feathers, I was like, "Well, this is mediocre." So when she drops it, I was expecting something incredible. What we got was mediocre. It's a Leo with feathers. I do appreciate the trans flag. I'm- Colors are present, but I'm telling you right now, this was a repurposed look and she stuck feathers on it. Look closely at the bodysuit, and there are other colors and patterns poking through. I like the volume of the hair. I do not care for the slick back. It doesn't aid to the second look as it feels better suited for the big first look, like she's a mound of feathers.
1: Yeah, I had a similar reaction. It was one of those where. I mean, at this point, it's really just so ingrained, whether it's the runway theme or not, that like, oh, reveals, there's going to be a reveal, you know, it's just so common. And this was just a quintessential case of the Queen coming out and you, of course, knowing that like, there is something under there. So let's just get to it. What is it? Exactly. And I had the same reaction that you did. I was like, oh, okay. Like, you look beautiful. Of course you do. That goes without saying. But, you know, where where is that element of this is my first runway i want to make an amazing impression there's only five other queens here let me take it over the top i don't think it pushed it enough for me
0: yeah Bj says he loves the look and thinks it's a great first look for her for her introduction. He says that it's well styled and good representation of her as the color scheme suits her and blonde looks good on her. Khaled Karen says the entrance was so impactful because she is so stunning, clean, and fragrant. She says she has the aura and is easy on the eyes. She was naked and now she's so sweet and came out elegant. I will give it a soft you feather work. I'm
1: gonna do the same.
0: Audience, 67% you feather work, 33% better light than feather. Tiny Deluxe. Looked by Jagger Studios. I like the idea, but uh, like Miss Muse, if you're nasty, it's the proportions. The hat was falling, and that's a major misstep. The only cockfighting going on there was the hat taking over her face. But with that hat being the size that it was, the rest of the garment had to have had that flourish. The skirt needed to flare out so much more, but I know feathers are very hard to play with. I like the feather covering idea of the heels, but again, it felt like an afterthought. And this is something we will always critique. Tights gotta match the body color. These were musty.
1: Yeah, I appreciated the energy and the spirit behind it. And I mean, I love a good statement hat. So like I was here for that moment, especially like that she could make them move. Like that was so much fun and so cool. Um, But yeah, you know, I think exactly. It was that thing of when you have a hat that is so extravagant, you know, the the rest of the outfit needs to really be pretty full blast or it's not going to fulfill the whole fantasy. Yeah. And I think that's where she really struggled. It felt a lot just like, let me then cover these other elements of my body in feathers and just make sure that all the fe- feathers are essentially the same color. And then let's just hope that works.
0: Worth Impact says when she was recording, she had a lovely voice that they both had goosebumps. But when she performed and introduced herself that she is tiny, she turned it back to the camera and thought it was a lost opportunity of owning the stage as tiny. BJ says it's a really great concept and said, wow, when he saw the cockfight, I'm sure he says that quite a lot. He says he wishes she had thought about how to present it because he held she held it right away, and they could only see the tails of the roosters. He also says the little details of how to balance the outfit, as they could only see half the crystals on her belt. I will give this a better light than feather.
1: I am actually going to give it a you feather work, just because I enjoyed the headpiece that much.
0: Well, the audience could not make a decision. Fifty percent you feather work, fifty percent better light than feather. There you go, Nicole Bardell. No designer listed. Oh, poor girl. One more season, maybe she would have been ready. Uh, she tells us this the look is inspired by the Sinulog, which is a Cebu festival. Just a simple Google search will tell you that she clearly missed the mark here, majorly. Um, I think this is a beautiful gold dress that she added feathers to. Um, Joey J looks like a rich bitch with these feathers Nicole plucked from Michael's. It's arts and crafts, and compared to everyone else on that runway, this was a major downgrade. With only six girls, one messed up on the runway, and it's game over. I think it's just not a fully thought-out look, and lacks anything relating to her as a drag artist.
1: Yeah, I think it was a little bit hard to feel as though if the MILF is the brand, that that's what it was. I don't think it was really matching well enough there. I do actually completely agree with what you're saying, especially now thinking back on it around how it looked like the feathers were just kind of slapped on there in like very particular places that they weren't actually intended to be. It did look like a mishmash to that extent. And then I mean, one of the worst parts to me personally was the wig. I was just like. We need hair. Again, first first runway, first episode, second season. Give us the drag hair. That wig was so flat, I could not.
0: Was there lace? I do not think so. Probably not. Jiggly says that she was one of the queens whose lip sync was off during the number. He says that's drag 101 for her. Kyle and Karen will give her some credit. She says she knows what she needs to do on stage. She remembers during her part that Tiny was blocking her and she left the spot because they couldn't see her. She thought this girl was smart because she knows her stage movements. BJ says that her runway is still very on brand as a MILF in the cut of the sleeves. He says that the, she can exaggerate the auntie look more with the hair because her hair and makeup is very glam, very beautiful, Queen Gazini Ganados. And Mama Pal says she's giving auntie vibes. Better late than feather. Yes, better late than feather. Audience, you were very kind. 45% you feather, 55% better late than feather. Arizona Brandy, look by Marky Kadag, hair by Jonah Quinn. I think the color was great. The concept was smart. It was not the best executed. First, the headpiece was falling over. I love the Dreamcatcher, but it was not sturdy. Orange is a great color to play with and the feather elements on it were giving the look movement. It just does not photograph well or appeal to a still image.
1: Yeah, I had a similar reaction. I think the most difficult part was the execution of the headpiece because it just was not durable in the way that it needed to be. And similar to what you were saying, I think that it was a really nice concept, but I think that while I get the the goal and I think that it was the good intention to be able to get the movement from some of the feathers and things that were on the side of the dress. I I feel as though like maybe the placement or just the actual execution and construction of it took away from making the look seem a little bit more elevated. So I think it hit yeah. some roadblocks there. And then also she says it herself, like orange is apparently her favorite color. But I'm like, all right, we've seen you now a couple of times in orange, in the orange hair. Is this going to be just like a thing? Can you give us a little bit of variety? I want right. to see where that goes.
0: Fourth Impact said that all the girls are very serious in their looks, but she's like one more shot and shows she's having fun. They say one more shot is a very simple line and it's stuck. Jiggly says that the outfit is so beautiful and loves the dream catcher idea. She says it's beautiful considering where she is today. This is Drag Race, which is probably one of her dreams. And she caught one of her dreams. She says now the universe is going to get to know Arizona Brandy. Mama Pal will call Arizona out by saying that she hears there's a drag queen who inspired her. And then she says there is. And it's fourth impact. She's kidding. No, no. It's Jiggly Caliente. She says... When she saw her, when she searched her computer, when she was a little gay, she was watching America's Next Top Model and then saw on the side the recommendation and said, who is this girl who was wearing so much makeup and the tinfoil? Dead. She says she saw her and got inspired. Not the tinfoil, Jiggly says. Arizona says she's happy she's there and then asked for swag. Um, Fun fact, again, Jiggly does give her jewels away, so... um, There's that. Maybe she did get an earring out of this one, Um, but tinfoil. She's never going to get over it ever. Literally
1: never. And that is just what is so funny to me is just that it keeps coming up every time. And I'm like, this poor girl, like she is now on her second season of being a, a judge, a regular judge on one of the international franchises. You know, she has done so many things now. She's an actress. She's come so far. And it's like, we still come back to the foil. It kills me. It's just like, and also I think there's something so funny too about like, you know, Arizona sitting there and telling the story and it's like one of the main reasons seemingly she got into drag was because of Jiggly in the
0: foil. That's so absurd. Like it's so campy though. And I think that's what is so illuminating about Arizona. It feels like it's part of her brand.
1: Yes. I think maybe that's what it is. Cause I was just like, so many people would not have that reaction. So many people would see that and just be like, What? (laughs) I don't want to. Yeah, like. (laughs) But yeah, poor Jiggly, that foil. It's never
0: going to die, clearly. I'm going to give this a soft U-feather work.
1: Oh, yes, I would definitely do the same. The intention was there. Elements were great. Just maybe could have been a little bit more together.
0: Audience, 75% U-feather work. 25% better late than feather. (laughs) Miss Jade So. No designers listed. This was a bold... An incredible way to start off the season. She is giving us Ibang Adarna, which is the mythical bird from the Jose de la Cruz story. I am so glad she is not relying on her body, but I would have loved little body, just a little body. The fact that this bird is resting on her head and how the feathers cascade like a tail, it was well executed. The makeup is interesting doing the half and half. Um, We'll learn in a moment why. I would have preferred one. Um, and she was wearing a necklace and for that high praise like you would barely see it but she has it on. That's important. Thank mm-hmm. you Jade.
1: Yeah, I mean this was just like so incredible. It was just, it felt like finally that moment of like, alright, yes, this is your first time on the runway. It's the season premiere, like give us what you got you don't want to give it all away but you want to be able to make a statement you want to be memorable and this felt like one of the only looks that really took it there it was definitely my favorite of the week like by far it was just
0: i feel like you would wear this
1: exactly and i think that's what it was too i would 100 percent wear that in like a heartbeat um i do think i really enjoyed the half and half makeup because i think it was telling the story and i think for me at least personally, it made the difference very striking, which gave somehow, even in that very over the top look, just another element that made you almost stop to be like, oh wow, this is a moment. I do think the one piece around it for me is just that along the lines of what you were saying with wanting to get somebody, I think that the shape of it wasn't necessarily doing her a ton of favors and she's seemingly very tiny. So it's like yes. you have a huge shape over you. You're maybe going to get swallowed up a little bit. So I think she could have played with the proportions a little bit to just make it absolutely perfect. But just wow. Yeah, like a complete showstopper.
0: Helen Karen says when she stepped out for the girl group, John she wanted to go home and she thought she had a small waist. She tells her she is on another level. She says she was bare skin and so sexy and sultry. And she says that she was a tomboy for a hot minute. She says the outfit is beautiful as she's all covered up and says she bared all earlier, but th- not this time, and she was fabulous for doing that. She says the concept is very solid in her makeup. When the Ibang Adarna poops on something, turns to stone, she caught it. Jiggly says that from all the franchises of RuPaul's Drag Race, is far the most beautiful girl that has ever graced the stage and says Plastique should be scared. Bold statement. Yeah, I feel that's... like that deserves an entire podcast. Um, but okay, Jiggly, you have your moment. Take it, take it.
1: <laughs> yeah, huge, huge statement. I'm like, I don't really know if I'd go that far. I know I was mentioning it before when we were talking about the queens coming in for the first time. I do think that Jade is incredibly visually striking, but I also don't know if that's like you are the most absolutely beautiful it's more no, like you look like otherworldly, which is distinct. Yes. It's like you look incredibly striking. You are gorgeous. There's not any other way of saying that. But yeah, it's, it's like it's a different type of quality. I will give this
0: a youth work.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolute same.
0: Audience, 95% new feather work, 5% better late than feather. Before the girls go, Mama Pal is going to change the game. And that's the girls. Who should go home and why? This early? Wow.
1: Yeah, that was such a moment. I was like, wow, they are not pulling any punches. They just met each other. They haven't even met the other half of the cats and we're going there.
0: We start with Matilda, who says this is hard. She says tiny. Based on the runway look in the comments. Cat Cat says tiny because she found her outfit lacking and patched. Tiny says Nicole is her choice to go home and she feels like runway wise and performance why she lacked. Nicole says Tiny because during the performance she says she noticed in the first chorus she wasn't lip syncing, which I noticed as well. Arizona, we stand. Two, three, four, five, all of them. She laughs, and, but seriously, says Nicole. And Jade says, based on the judge's critique, Tiny. Can't wait for Untucked to unpack this shit. <laughs> Tiny will cry as she feels so little so tiny she says the physical and emotional exhaustion got to her and she says that this is her dream and the only thing she has was wanting as a kid was to entertain she says she was deprived of that many times because of her body and her gender identity and now that she is there she feels like a disappointment they tell her no but she will say it's not over and will show them what she can do she says she has lots more to show um I, if i were tiny i would have all my eyes out and be like can i like faint on stage like that fucking bitch ivory did yes take the moment exactly make a scene make a real commotion and for those who um believe miss ivory glaze who is the most beautiful twink giraffe ever uh she's wrong she was not the first to faint the first to faint was on this stage as it was to ring
1: Right? That's what I thought. But I was like, is Ivory trying to say like that she's the first one who went like down, down and like maybe lost consciousness for- The she- bitch needed a chair. I think well, she went yeah. down too. Right, but that's, that's exactly what it was. I was like,
0: but I know Turing also- I'll tell you what it was. Ivory Glaze did not watch Drag Race Philippines.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, that's probably what it is. Because I, when when she said
0: that on And neither Down did RuPaul. Or... Paul, but that's a different conversation.
1: <laughs> right. And I was like, when I... Yeah, because when they... When Ivory said that on Down Under this week, I was like, no, Taring was.
0: Like, you were not. Yeah. Yeah. After the judges deliberate, the girls returned for the results. Mama Pal was decided that. Arizona Brandy is the winner of the week. She was a cash tip worth 80,000 pesos. Courtesy of Kumo, uh, maybe we need to do the Kumo drinking game every time they mention Kumo. Take a shot of something. Exactly. She jokes that sure she earned it. her investment back, and I was, I was like, o- o- you spent fourteen hundred dollars in the entire season. Bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah, I was like, does she just mean like this one look? Like, <laughs> yeah. um, and she receives the first Ru badge of the season. Matilda, Miss Jade, so captivating. Cat, cat are safe, leaving Nicole Pardo and Tiny Deluxe as the bottom two. Do you agree?
1: This is tough because I think when you consider it overall, I guess I might go with Arizona. I was a little bit, I think, when I consider the collective packages because I think Jade just struggled too much in the choreo and the performance to be able yes. to win for the week. I did think though that Cat Cat was a strong contender and I think I maybe would have given it to Cat Cat because I think just the, stri- the performance was so striking like you were saying when we were talking about it before just making the entrance with the pasties like that was just such a moment and the runway was fine you know and I felt kind of the opposite almost uh, for Arizona like The performance was solid, the performance was fine, but the runway was pretty great. So they were pretty even.
0: The song is Here We Go by 4th Impact. Nicole says that she has done this song multiple times already, so she thinks she's got it in the bag. Okay. (laughs) This song is actually a bop. I love this track and I I added it to my playlist immediately. Yeah, it's a very good song. I think Nicole saying she's a dancer should have stopped the stage. But when you're up against someone like Tiny who has stage presence, you really have to step it up. Um, And if you did notice, they were both very off on the English part of the song. Yes. Very off. The moment Nicole did that cartwheel, I thought she was going to hit Tiny. Um, The camera angle made it look so close.
1: Yeah, it was... uh... Definitely a very close call.
0: But if there's any doubt, Tiny was winning. It was when she made the cocks fight. Game over.
1: Yeah, I was like... At first, I was trying to figure out what she was doing on the ground. Because I was like, why are you just... what? And I was like, oh, yeah, she's doing the cock fight. Okay, yeah. So
0: funny. Mama Pal was decided that Tiny stays. Nicole is the first lady queen of the season. Do you agree?
1: I do agree. I think yeah. that just Nicole was not... Just at that level, yet. Like, I think, like, just all of the pieces weren't clicking the way that they really needed to for her. And I think when you talk about the split premiere, maybe the way that this portion shook out, if you're in the bottom against someone like Tiny, like, you just know that the producers are thinking Tiny's probably going to give us great television just based off of this one episode. So I think it's about that those elements as well. It's like, well, who seems to be the stronger personality for continuing to push drama and create a compelling reality show? And I just don't think Nicole was giving enough of that on top of some of these slip-ups and the trips with like the real execution of the
0: drag. So this technically makes her Kelly Mantle. Yes, don't wear bacon. And next week, we'll get our Magnolia Crawford. Exactly. See, sometimes being the first out, not a bad thing. No, it's not
1: always. Yeah.
0: Magnolia Crawford, what a time to be alive. Seriously. Speaking of feathers. Yes,
1: yeah, speaking of be- feathers.
0: Okay, um, Untucked is back, and the drama is here. We're going to go through the highs and lows. Are you prepared? I am,
1: yeah, they were
0: really uh I like they must have been really
1: keeping that shade button person employed and making that money because they were letting it rip in this episode and it's episode one.
0: Now tiny is hoping that no one will go home and it would be a winner lip sync. same that's what I would have preferred. Dang. Arizona thinks the winner will be a toss-up between her and cat cat. She says the others weren't polished and they smelled bad
1: i love that i was just like y'all smell bad like you're not polished and you stink <laughs>
0: like so arizona good. is happy the free drinks have arrived the bar chow is back and i am so happy we get it we get it the energy is light and matilda says it's like their sisters and friends right away and i was like <laughs> <laughs> just you wait bitch. yeah like let's count down how long that's gonna last We learned that through Kumu, Matilda and Tiny met and they clicked as they would always go to Nectar together. They formed a circle of friends. Who would be your equivalent of your, of the Matilda-Tiny situation? Who have you met in um, a virtual place and then became real life friends?
1: Oh yeah. Okay. So I would actually say um, Untitled Queen.
0: Love her. Yeah, Brooklyn Um, Staple. Have I tried to get Untitled to do one of these fucking recaps? Yes, I have. (laughs) Um, Always busy, too busy. I want Filipino drag artists.
1: Yes, yeah, that would be amazing.
0: Maybe you can convince Untitled to come on.
1: Maybe, but yeah, it was (laughs) kind of very that. It was like I followed Untitled like online for a very long time, saw her perform in nightgowns, all of that. Um, and then when I was living in DC, I did like a variation recreation of one of her looks from a nightgowns performance that I really loved. And so then I ended up moving to Brooklyn for a minute and I bumped into her and I was like, oh my gosh, like I love your drag so much. It resonates with me. And yeah, then, you know, we were like kikiing and doing all that. So I, I love guess, that. Yeah, that would probably be my uh, moment.
0: Sonny finds Matilda as a threat to her heart Um, But the caption says, not a thorn in her throat. Yeah,
1: and like translation, maybe. I don't know. Something's getting a little lost.
0: She thinks she'll be easy to remove if she doesn't even look good. Truth or a joke? I don't know. All jokes are rooted in truth.
1: Yeah, and especially with Philippines, they'll tell you the truth (laughs) and say, I'm joking. And it's like, well.
0: No, no. Cat-Cat will break the moan and say they only gave them a little bit of time, but they still were able to create something. We think she wanted more time to rehearse. Oh, absolutely. Speaking of Matilda, she will remind us that Cat-Cat is notorious for having issues and voicing those opinions. She thinks she might have enemies here and hopes she's not one of them. We're getting all these little nuggets. It's going to happen. Who is yeah. it going to be?
1: Exactly, because it's just it's the first episode and they've used that exact phrasing of has the issues, will air them all over social media.
0: You know the drama's coming. Absolutely. Miss Jade is surprised at her good critiques as she passed with flying colors, to which Cat Cat will say she was surprised too. And there's the shade for the potential antagonist. <laughs> Hit the button. <laughs> Kat Kat tells us she's getting the feeling they're intimidated by her, as that's how it is in the outside of the competition, too. She says she's difficult to talk to and approach and feels for sure they're threatened by that because she's been doing drag for so long. Okay, she's going to have a great journey watching this back and realize, okay, maybe I'm not a good person.
1: <laughs> you know, it's self-realization in that way, it can be a very beautiful thing.
0: But she will admit once you enter the drag race, it's an even playing field. Once again, it will be Cat Cat who breaks the fourth wall as she alerts us that she will eat the bar chow as they haven't had dinner yet. I would love to get my hands on a filming schedule. I am desperate to know how filming works.
1: Yeah. And I think we talked about this specifically, too, just how filming works up um, and how they work it out when we were recapping the makeover episode of Sweden this season, because of just how certain things that the guests that they were making over were saying was like, okay, this was clearly all filmed in like one day. So being able to get that feeling of what each day really breaks down, like how long they are when the meals come in. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting.
0: Nicole will get the conversation started. Who's the top queen? Well, it was all fun and games until the real shit came out. Cat Cat tells us that she thinks it's her. She's the clear winner. Tiny will say it's probably Cat Cat, but it's between the trans dolls. Jade will say it's her, Cat Cat, or Arizona, since she seems to have some awareness in the room. Arizona got the validation she needed. She was nervous that her lyrics weren't serious enough, but she got praise. Jade is proud of a positive reaction as she expected to get bad critiques. Now, in an untucked exclusive. We will hear from Khaled Karen telling Jay that she commends her lyrics. She says, aside from being catchy, they were powerful. As she talked about being a power toprazi, she says it's sex positive, and she's not afraid to tell the world that is her preference when it comes to sex. So there's that. Did not have that one on my bingo card, but let's continue this conversation. As Khaled Karen says, these are the things we need to talk about. As if someone is comfortable about talking about it, why not? And I agree. I think it's important to put it out there so you don't get your heartbroken when you're about to do the nasty because you're getting to the bedroom and you find the um, two bottoms do not make a top. Exactly. The communication and the clear signaling is key. Now I am a proud dom top, and I would like every twink to share their position, as Miss Ari would say, because I am tired of these verse twinks breaking my heart. And <laughs> Troy Savon, stop lying to us! <laughs> Drop the act. So without trying to shame anyone, Jiggly will ask Kyle Karen what position she is, and she's like, "It's a secret, bitch." That's procracy. Um, she will say she's a bottom, and she's proud of it. And then we're gonna find out that Jiggly is a woman. And just wants to be pounded. Hey, Jiggly's a relatable real girl. Now, Mama Pound, we'll ask the question. We all want to know. How about you, BJ? She cuts it off. We don't get the answer. I swear, if he comes out and says he's like Troy Sivan, he's not a bottom, there will be hell to pay. <laughs> this was so so stupid and funny and that's why i made a whole joke about this because yes it is important to be honest and i i think being sex positive and sharing these kinds of things with people who are comfortable about it not a bad thing i think it's it, it's helpful in our community
1: oh yeah definitely but yeah it just it felt like such a a funny thing and like focus of a few minutes of untucked in like the very first episode of the season it's like yeah i mean let's talk about this and yes this is a lot of fun but it's like also we're just meeting these queens and like don't we want to maybe spend a lot of time with them and not like talking about the judges of sexual preferences i don't know it was funny but i mean you know it's like philippines always
0: a good time Back in the workroom, Matilda will tell Jay that she expected her to get negative comments because of the blocking during the performance. And that's the tea, because I noticed it too. She didn't make mistakes. She'll then tell her, her she expected her to comment on not seeing her body. But that's where I think she got it wrong. But they praised her as she was not relying on the body. Now, Arizona will stir the pot and ask Matilda if she thinks her beauty saved her or her delusion. Matilda says... What I've been saying on this podcast for ages, if someone else wore Miss Jade's clothes, they'd receive different comments. Yeah. Do you agree with that? I do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jade tells us in Confessional that she's not the type of person to bring someone down and be catty, but guess what she's about to do? <laughs> bring down Miss Cat Cat and say she was her least favorite in the song.
1: We love editing. it.
0: Editor. Yeah, Great. we have that. She it. says that she tried to help her incorporate her name, a plot point we saw on Down Under 3, but Cat Cat will be like, I'm glad I didn't listen to you. The girls are fighting, and it's only episode one. Jade will say that she wanted her to put in Cat Cat as a way to help, but she pushed back and said captivating was already there and asked why she was meddling. The animosity is real. But Miss Jade will say that everyone can be captivating. She can be captivating. OG, can you captivate?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I love that moment, too. I mean, Miss Jade is giving us such great little tidbits of television and entertainment so far. But when she literally was just like, so what captivating is in her name? I can also be captivating. She's not special. I was like, that's real. That's so real.
0: Um. Well, if Captivating Cat-Cat does not release her first single called Captivate, OG, I think you should.
1: Okay, I got it. I'll start writing them lyrics. Get in the studio.
0: Cat Cat, who is pressed like a panini, will say that she was praised for her lyrics, and can Jade say the same? She says she had her doubts, but goes back to saying she tried to help, and Cat Cat is like, Should I be thankful? It got tense very quickly. It really
1: did. And I mean, we also love the foreshadowing in
0: the main episode of the
1: yeah, we're getting along just fine right now. <laughs>
0: Are we going to get a cockfight? No, we're going to get a boob fight. Uh, They will ease the tension with this cute moment as they even call it cockfighting. But I think this tension is already there. As you can see, some jealousy emanating from captivating Cat Cat toward Miss Jade So.
1: Oh, yeah, there's definitely some tension.
0: Cat Cat in Confessional will dive into the performance of the perceived bottom two as she thinks Tiny was over eager and didn't realize that it was more than just singing. It was dancing. Now, remember when they discussed who should go home? Yeah, let's talk about that. Cat Cat, to her face, will apologize to Tiny for picking her name. Tiny says she shouldn't be sorry. It's her opinion. She was upset because of the critiques and just asked this question and hear that her friend Mati, or Matilda, said her. Tiny will start to get emotional as she's scared, and she knows that Matilda is justified in her reasoning, but she's not happy she was her choice. Matilda says that it pained her to say Tiny, but Tiny thinks she did have another choice, and that choice was Nicole. We didn't talk about it before, but I'm going to talk about it now. I am surprised that Matilda did say Tiny. Yeah, 100%,
1: because I was like having the same reaction that Tiny did. I was like, That's apparently your good Judy. You're supposed to have her back. This is episode one. There was someone else who clearly struggled. Why are you saying your friend's name?
0: Now, I mean, obviously it's an out-of-show alliance, but could you imagine if we had this first question the first episode last season? That's the drama we deserved.
1: Yes, 100%.
0: Oh God, I love that. I love it. Nicole is silent as she is asked how she's feeling. But the girls, she tells the girls that she doesn't want to be disappointed for Cebu as the first ever from Cebu to enter Drag Race. She cries as it's a lot of pressure. And never expected her dream to become a reality, but she's there. She was expected to be in the bottom, but she didn't expect the to be the bottom too. She hopes all of the Visayas are watching, will be proud. And finally, a Cebu is on drag race. And this is just a stepping stone for all Cebu drag. They can do it too. And you know that we will have at least one Cebu representative next season. Absolutely. Cat Cat will tell the girls that she was talking with Nicole earlier as she had extra feathers to share with her if she wanted to represent, but she wanted to represent Cebu. I was like, see, now my theory of Cat Cat um just gluing things to a leotard. It's true. Mm-hmm. She says she was seeing it in her face that she was doubtful of her look, but understands as a new queen of two years that if a queen like herself is struggling, she wanted to help her. Were these crocodile tears, or do you think Cat Cat's got emotions? And um is she really running for Miss Congeniality?
1: I think Cat Cat's just very wrapped up in her own reality and like is producing her own show. So that's be, the we'd be the way that I would lean now.
0: Now, I'm going to ask you a question about Miss Congeniality. If Miss Jade wins Miss Congeniality, does her title have to include the replacement of the I with a one?
1: I think so, because I'm also imagining that part of the spelling is that in Jade's, like, fantasy, in the way she experiences the world, all the eyes are ones. So, like,
0: <laughs> that's how you actually spell Arizona is going to ask the room how they felt about their individual critiques. And Matilda will say she was surprised how the critiqued her performance as it was negative as she didn't know it lacked identity and wasn't able to properly introduce herself. She tells the girls that dancing was her strategy. A choreography is her strength, but it worked against her. She knows that they, that they know she's a dancer, but they want more. She says lyrics are her weakness as she can't express herself through words. Now in the world of musical theater, When you can't speak, you sing. When you can't sing, you dance. So I get where she's coming from. Jade will tell her to not be too hard on herself as she is talented and to not lower her self-worth. She then turns to becoming an astrologist as she knows that Matilda is a Pisces, so she's humble. Jade is a Cancer, so her intuition is so high. I bet you love that part.
1: I, yeah, again, it's like almost every other thing that Jade says, I'm just like on board with. What's
0: like, your sign? Leo. Oh boy, Leo, Leo season. Exactly.
1: Which is also com- why, right? Like I think why in Jade's expression and how she presents herself, I just like, I'm attracted to that energy because I'm like, yes, you are doing you. You are not caring. You're unapologetic. You're fully delusional, but we love that. It's- right very much mapping with my leo energies
0: arizona will come in and ask if they can split the eighty thousand pesos because at this point she doesn't actually know she's won um but she tells us she's a greedy bitch and needs money hashtag same <laughs> tani wants to know what matters most to the girls cat cat comes in and is like yeah it's the money she ran out of money don't act like you know her matilda will mention this is drag race not drag best friend race jade is here for the clout not the crown Arizona is here for the drinks, and she may have drank an entire bottle as it's her branding. Bottoms up. Have you ever done that with a non alcoholic or alcoholic bevy?
1: Oh, I'm sure. And I was clocking that during the entire time. There was like one segment in particular of Untugged, and I know you're, you probably know what I'm talking about, where like you can see Arizona grabbing like every bottle. Yeah. And like, I was She's like, She's a lush. She really is. It's the brand.
0: Now after finishing the bottle and toasting the girl, she says it's not her branding, it's her lifestyle. Good for her. Good for you, sweetie. Yeah, you own it. But she's going to call out Jade as the drunks of the night, so there's that. We are now going to circle back to two previous convos as Arizona's like, okay, I'm on top. And then Jade is like, I'll top you as she spreads her legs.
1: Yeah, I was like, oh, Um, this is taking a turn.
0: Uh Uh-huh, Arizona needs dick, so is she a bottom? Well, Jade is into fanboys, so there's that too. Hey, hey. We will then be interrupted by a producer telling the girls that anyone who wants to rehearse the lip sync should do so. And they're like, no, but really, it's on. Also, the way that Arizona's Dreamcatcher kept falling and falling, so camp.
1: Yeah, I like, what was it made out of? That's what I need to know. Toothpicks in a dream. It it seems like it had to have been, because I'm like, what? Like, did you not test run it? I don't know. I'm like, you didn't think that it would, that you would need to make sure that it could withstand so many hours, and I don't
0: know. Cat Cat will tell the girls that whoever leaves has to sign her Sandy. I hope she sells it. I would potentially buy it.
1: Yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, like, I'm sure it would be a really special thing to just hold on to, to have as a memory of your experience with the show. But I'm sure you could make
0: so much money selling that. So. Especially if you're 45 and you're about to die next week. <laughs> exactly. In a moment that was genuine, Nicole will go to Tiny and say that they just met. And while they don't really have any interactions, she feels at ease with her. And it's like, oh, my God, this is so precious. Tiny says that they, she might be heavy, but she has a light heart. Oh, I love real interactions.
1: Yeah, see, there's an actual human
0: under there. Tiny tells us they talked and agreed to give a good fight. Nicole is representing for Cebu and of a size, while Tiny is fighting for something too. What is it? I don't know. She didn't tell us. They right? have motivation to win the lip sync.
1: That was so strange that they made a point of building that point in of I'm here to, you know, fight for my own things and all that and then just like nothing like yeah. did not give us like okay i guess honestly we'll it out. felt like a
0: 23 year old being like i'm here for this and being like girl you haven't experienced life yet
1: right exactly i was like okay maybe we'll find out in another episode
0: nicole's confident she can slay the lip sync and it's thinking where the sense will go tani wants to show that she is not a one-trick pony or the girl they saw in the girl group we're gonna watch the lip sync one more time where nicole is sadly eliminated she comes back to the workroom where she is not ready to go home, but she manifested being on Drag Race Philippines Season 2. Time to pack the unused garments. There's no fame games here.
1: No, and this was the moment too where I was like, oh wow, I think she's really going home. This wasn't like a gag, like yeah. a fake elimination that they're going to bring baby. The queens back in episode three or something after they right. presumably eliminate someone next week i was like oh no they did the real split premiere and she's going home
0: and she'll be taking makeup home too apparently they're getting like a whole stash of anastasia beverly hills crap well good for them she tells us she felt the pressure representing one of the biggest cities and knows that Sibionos are so hard to please she hopes they see her heart and pr- be proud regardless of the outcome she reads her letters from the girls where tiny tells her she has come to visit Cebu. And Cat-Cat's letter may not have been personal, but does feature a reminder to sign her standee. <laughs> what is the most important? Signing the standee. Now, would you leave a fallen sister a heart for a letter? Or would you be like, Miss Jaden, just not leave one? That was
1: so funny, too. And just, again, the fact that they wanted to point it out, that like, <laughs> oh, who is the only one that didn't, it was Jade. And I do feel like, to be honest, I would probably be a Jade, especially that early. (laughs) Not even out of malice, because this just tracks with who who I am sometimes. Just like a clear, just
0: unawareness. What I wish Jade would have done was um, write, nice meeting you, follow me at Miss Jade So.
1: Yes, I 100% (laughs) wish that that happened too, because that would be the only better way for her brand and like for something that she would do to check out other than just not leaving the note would be that kind of <laughs> note.
0: She leaves the workroom after performing online in, in Cebu. Who knew was Cebu Drag Queen would be on Drag Race Philippines season two. Also, please note that the bus that she rides on to go home, uh, it's adorned with the show logo. That's money, honey.
1: Yeah, like they must have gotten a serious budget increase because they have
0: buses buses
1: like not even just a little like van kind of bus hybrid that's a full-blown bus that they could That's a party bus bus. yeah and they could pack a lot of people into that and it was like i loved it the one queen like it was wild i was like
0: hold on that's a bus all right are you ready for the burning questions to wrap this podcast up ready to do it what is nicole's legacy
1: I think it's similar to Ginger Bitch on this season of France. It's just, you're never too old to start doing drag and you can do it really successfully at any age. And you never know unless you try.
0: Her legacy is if you ain't got laced, don't enter the race. <laughs> it could be that as well. Who won this week? Who was the winner of the week? Best episode.
1: I think I'm going to say it's my girl Jade.
0: Okay, I'm going to go Arizona, Arizona.
1: Yeah, I think now for me, was able to just have those great sound bites also show that she's not just the body girl. Like, she may not have won, and she may have struggled in the challenge itself. But she's kind of feels like carving herself a space as a character. I'm not saying a winner. I'm saying like a character who's going to have some Progression and all of that. So I think it was Jade. We'll
0: find out. Now, after one episode, the winner of the season is.
1: Yeah, this question is tough in this kind of format because it's only half the girls. So right. it's like hard to make a full assessment. But I will say Arizona is looking real strong.
0: I think it's Arizona. They showcased her a lot. Yeah. She is excellent television. She's a great narrator and she's good at drag. That's yeah. important. Yeah, Uh, we'll see. We'll see.
1: Yeah, even like I was saying, I mean, I think at this point, I am still not necessarily completely sold. I think she's got a lot of talent. She's clearly very good. And that's why I can recognize that just based off of one episode, the trajectory is certainly there. And I could see her framing as a winner, even if she's not personally my favorite at this moment.
0: Precious. Precious Paul and Nicole, get ready. Someone might take your shoes. I hope not, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. All right. Where can we find you on social media? If have any projects you want to plug?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So as always, you can find me on Instagram at OG double underscore fag. I am also newly a member of Blue Sky. I got that invite code. So if you're a Blue Sky girl, you can find me at just OG fag because i'm an early adopter so you know I got that good username so you can keep me keep up with me primarily on a couple of social media platforms under those names. Um, And in terms of projects, you know, I was mentioning it before I just wrapped up a weekend of some drag activity, the first in a while so i'll probably be getting out some content on my socials around that and yeah just kind of stay tuned for more of that in the coming weeks months all that good stuff.
0: I don't know what Blue Sky is, but I don't want to join it, but I probably will. So if anyone wants to send me a thing, let's do it. Um, yeah, it's like the idea, I think, really, is that
1: it's kind of the uh, revamping and a reestablishing of Twitter as it was, not oh, the so monocity that it's become now. Yeah, it's
0: like okay, reclaim reclamation of Twitter. Great. All right. Well, this was a blast. Thank you for being here
1: yeah it's always a pleasure always happy to join and to kiki so many great episodes franchises queens to discuss and never enough time